0: Shadow of the Hook, by Wolfgang Wimmers, passage one, of terrible timing, and ravenous rhyming. The crumbling dirt gave way under flow, as the two slipped and slid down a pile of snow. Eyes wide in fear, they tore through the bracken, with terrified looks and dead branches crackin'. The chase had begun for Ash and Young Quill. The fairy and gnomeling would need all their skill. They'd peeked in a cave through a small stony crack, but Grubble the troll, he had spotted them back. The Grubble was violent and livid and vicious, and knowing that fairy and gnome were delicious. "'buried his treasure, sniffed for their scent, "'yawped and then grobbled and then off he went. "'He clambered and clunkered, snorted and gnashed, "'the gross on his forehead are speckled with rash. "'Glistening eyes caught the moon "'as he scurried and scampered and scuttled down into the gully. "'Quilby glanced backwards, though that was unwise, "'hearing sniveling snarls and seeing glowing green eyes. "'Run, Quilby, run!' cried out Ash in dismay as a flurry of legs hit the ground, white and grey. The grubble, he bustled and bubbled and boiled, a chase with a rollicking, rumbling royal. You will be fried, my pre in a snack, he groped at the pair with a dribbling gob smack. Inch by inch, the distance grew slimmer. A matter of moments, they'd soon become dinner. Toe by toe, the troll feet a flapping. Finger by finger, he reached out to grab them. Tick, tock, tick, tock. The clock stopped. Oscar Hunter's blue eyes narrowed as he looked up from the pages of his book. Something had changed. He could feel it. He could almost smell it. Something metallic in the air. Oscar pushed his glasses back into place. There it was again. Something different. Just for a moment, the colours became brighter and the air had definitely changed. It smelt somehow sweet, like the beginning of a summer's rain. But how could this be? It was the dead of winter. Oscar's younger sister, Rosa, sat in her spot, a brown leather armchair facing the window. She loved staring up at the forest, imagining all kinds of things happening within. But right now, she was instead staring intently at the orange wall clock hanging above the fireplace. Oscar could just see the tip of her tiny nose peeking out through her mass of brown air. Rosa turned quickly towards him. For a moment, they had shared a keen look. They had both felt it, had felt something. What was it? Had time slowed for a moment? Had they felt this something before? The strange sensation was oddly familiar, but neither could place it. Tick. Tock. The war clock resumed its normal rhythm, if indeed it had slowed at all. And the children turned back to their books. Before they knew it, they once again noticed the sound of mum and dad's chattering coming through to them from the kitchen. The two hunter children had been sitting in the lounge room of their two-storey house, high up in the hillside suburb, of Wynwood Heights. This was where they spent their time on wintry Saturday afternoons. They played and read, but ached to be outside. Their home was in a beautiful setting among the green and brown of nature. A single road wound its way up to the edge of a forest, past a spattering of other houses. Above the forest thrust the hook, a curved and sharp spire of stone. Thousands of years of howling wind and sliding rock had carved the jagged peak to resemble a massive hook. So ominous was its appearance that many tales were told about it in local folklore, mostly to scare children. In the shadow of the hook was where Oscar and Rosa's house could be found. Rosa put a book down again and snuck a quick look at her brother. He was curled up on the sofa, his glasses sitting high on his slightly upturned nose. He was deeply immersed in a book and was surrounded by a scattering of other books. Rosa had been worried about Oscar of late. He had been quiet and seemed sad. They used to do everything together, but lately he was less interested in hanging out with her. Was it because he'd just turned 11? Were 11-year-old boys too grown up for their 9-year-old sisters? Surely not. But there were times when he just looked so unhappy. Could she talk to him about it? She wasn't sure. Rosa looked out the window to the hillside. It was dusk, her favourite time of day. The rosy colours of sunset washed over the snow-tipped green pines that waved back and forth in the wind and over the scrub of the hillside above. Everything seemed clearer at this magical time between light and dark. It was as if the forest bid its daily farewell to the sun. "'Bye, sun!' Rosa whispered with a wave. Oscar eyed her from across the room. His little sister was a bundle of fun, but she did some odd things on occasion. He supposed it was these differences between the two of them that he liked the most. His face saddened. Sometimes these differences could be a burden.' Rosa noticed the look on Oscar's face and wanted to say something, but she wasn't sure where to begin. What to say? Hmm, she mumbled to herself and went back to the pages of her book. The smells wafting in from the kitchen were beginning to make the children's bellies grumble, but Rosa moved her chair a little closer to the fireplace. The lounge was a warm and comfortable place to await the eventual dinner call, and the delicious food to come would be worth putting up with a rumbly tummy for a bit. As the final traces of light disappeared, Oscar and Rosa both looked up and out at the hillside once more. They loved living in the heights, and had always been drawn to the forest, but hadn't plucked up the courage to wander in there by themselves. Sure, they had trekked the walking tracks with their parents, But the real adventures were no doubt to be found off the path. In the hidden. Right now, though, the house was warm and the smell of food cooking kept thoughts of adventure at bay. But up in the hill, in the forest's murky depths, others were not so snugly wrapped. Ash glanced at Quilby. A last look of hope. Together they loped down dale and up slope. Both saw the cliff at the edge of a stream, making their tummies go buttons and squeam. Quilby was desperate to try and stop time with a gnome spell he'd learnt from his grandpa in rhyme. His red hat exploded, a wave of gnome sound, not enough to stop time, but enough to slow down. Clutching some vines, the two stopped their fall but the grubble behind them could not grab at all. He flew down the stream on the thwack of his bum and tumbled on down through the darkness and glum. Could he survive it? asked Ash of Nome Quill, who shook his young head as the air remained still. Then after a moment they heard a k-splash with a gurgly, grubbly, crunchingly crash.
1: We must find a place
0: to get warm for the night, said Ash as he shivered with cold and in fright. They searched in the dark for a warm place to rest, towards a dim light at the top of a crest, and over the top of a snow-crested mound, bright lights of houses where humans were found. With no other way but forward to travel, they made their way down through the snow and the gravel. Finding a house looking welcome and warm, the two fairy folk snuck away from the storm, but Quilby looked back to the top of the rise, and just for a second saw glowing green eyes. Rosa kept a sharp eye on her brother over dinner. He hardly said a word and had that look on his face again, as if he was far away in some lonely place. His hopeless stare, under a mop of blonde brown hair, worried her. She pushed her vegetables around on her plate and ate half-heartedly. Her mind wandered back to the strange feeling in the lounge earlier. Had time slowed down for a moment, maybe it would be easier to talk to Oscar about that weird feeling than about what was actually bothering him. After dinner, the children watched a bit of television with Dad until the third time he shooed them off to bed. They were both tired and together they shambled sleepily off to climb the stairs. When they reached the first step, however... Rosa felt a crunching beneath her feet. She stopped and crouched down to see what was there. Sand? she asked, looking confused. Have you been out in the pit, Oscar? Oscar laughed. No, sis. It's the middle of winter. But maybe we can kick the football around tomorrow, if it's not too cold outside. Rosa smiled and scuffed the sand off her foot. They went upstairs in silence, both thinking about the strange feeling they'd had before dinner, neither of them sure whether to say anything about it. They had both felt something, but what was it they had felt? How could they even find the words to talk about it to each other? Oscar had carried both of their books upstairs and handed roses back to her. She looked up at Oscar and smiled. Thanks, she said. She took the book and spoke again. What was that before, Oski? He paused for a few seconds, then looked her in the eyes. Oh, I thought she felt it too. It was like the clock stopped for a moment or something, but I... I can't even explain what it was. I promise, though, if it happens again, we'll try to find out. But let's just go to bed for now. We're probably just tired. "'Okay, Osky, but I really don't think it was nothing. "'It must have been something... magical,' said Rosa. "'Oscar smiled at his sister and ruffled her hair. (laughs) "'Ha, ha, ha, you wish!' "'When she got to her room and jumped into bed, "'Rosa spent a few minutes writing her fairy note. "'Dearest fairies, "'were you casting spells around our house tonight? "'If you did... "'Me and Oscar felt them. "'I wish I could see your wings sparkle and flutter. "'I know there is magic. "'I just know it. "'I'll keep trying to find you when I'm in the garden. "'Your friend, Rosa Hunter.' She knew she was getting a bit old for fairy notes, but she wasn't quite ready to stop writing them. She tucked the note into the little pouch hanging from the side of her bed. "'Hope I get an answer tomorrow.' she whispered, crossing her fingers. Mum turned up at the door and the time for tucking in had come. Dad also gave them a quick hug and kiss and they drifted off to sleep in no time, the mysteries of the day forgotten. For now. Tick, tock, tick, tock. Oscar awoke to hear the rhythmic clicking of his wall clock. He yawned. Hmm, oh, 706 and bunched his hands into balls to remove the night's crumblings from his eyes. When he was halfway through a good hand twist, he noticed a tired-eyed Rosa peering at him from the door. She shrugged, then barged in, jumping up onto his bed. They heard but ignored Mum calling out that breakfast was ready downstairs. "'How did you sleep, musky?' began Rosa. Uh, ''Pretty good, actually,'' yawned Oscar, wiping the flecks of sleep off his pyjama leg. ''I didn't sleep good.'' ''Well,'' Oscar corrected. ''Well, I didn't sleep good then,'' snapped Rosa, but then continued. ''Sorry, I'm tired. I I didn't mean to snap. I kept hearing noises, so I slept in Mum and Dad's room again.'' ''You're always hearing noises.'' ''No, I, I swear there was something in my room.'' Oscar gave her a funny look. Maybe it was one of your fairies. They both giggled and leapt up off the bed, rumbling down the hall. As they passed Rosa's room, she stopped. Something had caught her eye. What's the matter now? Oscar asked. Rosa slowly walked into her room, eyes fixed on the bed. She reached down into the little pouch hanging from the side of her bed and pulled her hand out again. Nothing. Oscar, she said, I I put a fairy note in here last night. So what? You don't really still believe in fairies, do you? Shut up, they're real. But but the funny thing is, sometimes the notes are right where I left them, and other times I get an answer, but they've never just disappeared before. Oscar looked at his sister and shook his head. (laughs) You know it's mum, right? Mum writes the notes. Rosa's face turned a shade of red. No, she does not, she said, then stormed out of the room and down the hall. Oscar chuckled to himself as he turned to race off after her. Just as he entered the hall, a fleeting flicker of red and blue caught his eye in the back of the room. But he put it out of his mind. He didn't want to give Rosa too much of a head start or he'd lose the race to breakfast. Mum had had a busy morning in the kitchen, making a tasty porridge with golden syrup and a dash of fresh cream, which the children ate quickly, savouring every spoonful. Rosa was beginning to feel better, forgetting what Oscar had said about her fairy notes. She picked her bowl up, slid across the kitchen tiles, and dropped it off next to the sink, where she noticed the tap, drip, dripping water onto the back of a Tupperware container. It made a sharp tick, tick, tick sound. She stood and watched the drips fall, her mind wandering back to the noises she'd heard the night before. Quilby and Ash made their way in when the dad of the household put out the bin. They scurried inside and dove under a drawer, holding their breath until dad closed the door. A grubble outside and then a loud scratch and with it a fumbling turn of the latch. Shush, said Ash, quiet as a mouse, as Dad moved off further into the house. A mouse, cried Quilby from under the chest, and ready to spell for their furry new guest. A wart from a toad, and a breath of believe, left the mouse fast asleep right there under the eave. Let's go, ordered Ash, beginning to crawl, but saw human children afoot down the hall. They were yawning, and heading a bed for the night, so the lads shot upstairs, only just out of sight. They scampered along and sped in through a door to a colourful room with a furry white floor. With one giant leap they dove in like a shot to a mound of old teddies piled up in one spot. But once the young girl was tucked into bed, Quilby the Gnomeling reached up to his head. Oh no, my red hat! He yelped in dismay, for the source of his magic had fallen away. The girl's father entered to read her to sleep and prayed to some lord for her warm soul to keep. A gnomeling and fairy peered out from the bears. A magic hat lost and four eyes full of tears. Rosa shook herself alert. She stood staring at the kitchen tap. Huh? I must have dazed off standing up. How weird, she said as Oscar rushed past football in hand. "'Come on, sis. Let's see if you can score a goal this time. "'The sun's out. It might just be warm enough to play outside.' They rushed past Dad, who was standing on a footstool, grumbling something about the clocks being a minute too slow. They busted outside and began kicking the football to each other on the snowy lawn. After an energetic football match, and a fair few goals each, they decided to head back inside to rest and warm up a bit. When they reached Rose's door, The most unexpected and unusual sight stopped them in their tracks. There, facing her chest of drawers, were two little creatures, about a foot tall, one standing on the other's shoulders. The creature on top wore sky-blue boots and forest-green overalls that looked like they were made of very fine grass or moss. Little tufts of gingery fur covered his shoulder blades, and crowded around the base of what looked like two broken dragonfly wings. One of these was little more than a stub. A shock of gingery hair sat atop his head, above a manly bearded face. He was actually quite muscular and strong-looking for such a small fellow. The creature standing beneath him looked younger. He was a little taller and a lot rounder than his companion. He wore brown furry boots, hairy grey trousers and a dusky red shirt, with the sleeves rolled up to his pudgy little elbows. A little quiff of lemon-blonde hair topped his very round head, which also featured large ears, a round chin and a great bulb of a nose. Oscar and Rosa watched, stunned, as the little pair tried to reach the top of the chest of drawers. There, just out of reach, was a bulging triangular piece of red felt. The topmost fellow took a great swipe, and with a victorious whoop, managed to grasp a corner of red felt before he and his companion toppled heavily to the ground with a pair of muffled grunts. As the two little men quickly picked themselves up, they noticed the children at the door. Everyone froze, four sets of wide-eyed stares. A few long seconds ticked away. Oscar finally sprung into life and broke the silence. "'Who? What are you things?' "'Get out of my sister's bedroom!' "'He grabbed Rosa and pulled her back to his side "'as she tried to get a closer look at the strange pair. "'Oh, they're so cute, Oski! "'What are they? "'They're they're fairies! "'Are they? "'Are are you fairies? "'Are you my fairies? "I, "'I told you they were real, Oscar!' "'She squealed and tried to take another step forward, "'but Oscar clasped her harder and dragged her back. "'Keep away from them, Rosa. "'They might, I don't know, bite?' said Oscar. He turned to the intruders. "'What are you things?'